Amy Ingerbretson here, professional skier, dog mom, cat lover, amateur podcaster, and your host for Warren Miller Entertainment's Long Underwear. We're going to get to know the skiers and riders in this year's film, Face of Winter, presented by Volkswagen. Nothing is off limits except for one rule. After introductions, there are no more mentions of skiing or snowboarding allowed. We are going to go beyond the curated Instagram pages and dig deeper than just the stories of getting sponsored. It's time to strip off the layers and get to know the person underneath the gear. Welcome to Long Underwear. Hey everyone, I'm Amy Ingerbretson and welcome to Long Underwear. Today on the podcast we have Bird, that's Michael Bird Schaefer, but for the purpose of this podcast and most of your life, let's go with Bird, is that correct? That is correct. (laughs) Correct. (laughs) I feel like you've got to have a lot of bird puns up your sleeve. I want them to work their way into this conversation as much as possible. We'll try not to make it a burden. A burden. Oh, Oh, man. We've got a good one, guys. So I'm here with Bird, and we are actually in downtown Portland again tomorrow. Or actually, no, it's tonight. The world premiere of the Face of Winter movie presented by Volkswagen, this year's 69th Warren Miller film. And you, of course, are in it, and that's why you're here on the podcast. And so before we get started, I'm just going to lay down a couple rules. The whole premise of Long Underwear is that we are going to spend a couple minutes right now talking about skiing and specifically like your involvement with this year's film. But then after that point, we're not going to mention skiing, snowboarding, riding. I call it the S word. Like We're not doing it. I want to get to know you outside of being a superhero ski flying star that you are i want to get to know who you are as like a real human being underneath your skin sound yeah, good i never understood that why would you ski all day and then come down and talk about skiing so boring let's talk about something else i'm up for it i i love your attitude that's the whole attitude of the podcast so exactly but with that being said let's talk about skiing for a sec so you film this year in chamonix you live in chamonix part of the year right yeah i've spent a better part of my um older my adult my adulthood <laughs> my ski career in uh chamonix once i took the sham pill it was uh, hard not to go back i've heard that and um to actually have it come together with black crows and film a warren miller segment in chamonix a place that's so dear to my heart and um and have the parts that i've seen come out so well because it was inten- it's an intense place to be anyways. Okay. And then to get the crew there and to have everything come together, you know, it wasn't always easy. You know, we say we're living in the dream, but the dream's sometimes a nightmare, right? Totally. And, um, and uh, after seeing what we came up with and, and how it's coming out, it's, it's um, pretty special to give that feeling out to people now. Yeah, well, I'm really excited to see it. And my roommate and dear friend Jeff Wright was your filmer. God, he just completely... Um, People say slayed it, but he also made love to it because that guy slayed it and made love to it. We did, uh, we did, uh, we did so well together. Yeah, and so you are skiing and you're speed riding in the film, correct? Yeah, fortunately, we got to fit that in. Uh, the best thing about the the flying part, the speed speed riding, is that it's an extension of my skiing, and it's something that I really want to. Um, to, to bring to people because the feeling of freedom and the, and the feeling that it gives me is something that I want to be able to give to other people. Whether you want to fly or not, it helps other people dream about what they want to do too in their lives. So um, I'm really happy we got to fit the flying in as well. Yeah, that's awesome. It is. It's like a bringing people into your dream world, but it's your reality, which is really cool. Unbelievable. <laughs> Unbelievable. Yeah. So then <laughs> I guess just kind of circling back 
Chamonix is such a wild place and it seems to really draw people in. And I don't know if you can just give me like, I, I might be hard, but what, what is it about Chamonix? Like the one thing, the magic quality that totally hooked you there? Um, the mountains speak for themselves. So I'd have to say that it's the people, um, it draws people in and the ones that stay or are from there or the ones that come back, they are people that, um, they're there because they can really be themselves and they can go where they want to in the mountains and they can really let go and be free themselves. And to a point that can be dangerous because if you don't know where your own boundary lies, you know, you can go too far. And I have a lot of friends that have uh, gone to the other side, but uh, at the same time, why not live your life to the fullest? And, and there we were able to do that. Yeah, absolutely. That seems, yeah, I think it's, what you just explained to me feels like the spirit of Chamonix, and that seems to it's, be what really grabs it's incredible. people. It's incredible, yeah. And, and and sometimes you feel like, God, the French really love martyrs because they <laughs> they have had so many people that have gone so far in the mountains and put this line that's so far up there. And just when you think, you know, it can't go any further, then all of a sudden this French guy's going, you know, yeah. out of nowhere coming and doing something that you you never, never would have thought of, right? And um and we're all able to do that there. We're all kind of a family, and it's not just the French. It's everybody that keeps coming back. We um, we support each other, and we lift each other up. And um, and uh, there's a lot of guys really doing some – guys and gals doing some amazing stuff. There is. It is. So beautiful. Well, um, I think now we're already at the point in the podcast where I think we're going to stop talking about skiing. Are you good with that? What? Skiing? What? Skiing? No more S word. All right, guys. We're shifting to the non-ski part of the podcast. And I'm going to... Can we still talk about me, though? Because I want to... We're going to talk more about so me. much about you. And we're going to start... I want to start by asking you about the name Bird. And I want to know, like, the backstory. I mean, it's it, Bird is more than just your name. It's It seems to be your whole aura. And I want to know where it came from. It, it really came from from friends um, and people that I looked up to and people that have, have lifted me up. Um, this I wasn't supposed to be bird. That was never the idea. <laughs> um, whoever was following their passion um, out there in the mountains was bird-like to me because this, okay. this name bird uh, symbolizes to me like this freedom or being able to just take off and fly, still coming back to the nest kind of thing, but you can let go and, and be free. Yeah. And so if you're free to do follow after your own passions or if this bird word that I'm wearing helps other people feel their own freedom, then I feel like I'm doing a good job. But bird really came from you wanna you wanna know the whole story? I mean <laughs> I think so. <laughs> it goes deep. Okay. But it started way back in the free ride competitions, right after they changed from extreme comps to free ride comps. Extreme and was a better name, but yes. Extreme was a better name, <laughs> but uh, people were, you know, people could die for it, so they wanted to change it and make it more of a fluid fluidity thing. And um, the Sick Bird Award was oh. what captured everybody's attention. And when those guys came up with the Sick Bird, we started using that word for other things, like, oh, he's up in Birdsville, or, oh, this is, it's Sick Bird, sure. you know. and um, Blue Bird. Unbird leave, you know, it oh, just went. It so went, much bird stuff. There was so much bird stuff. So I started thinking <laughs> about this word bird. And as my friends were going sponsored, and I never even thought of myself as a sponsored skier, I was spray painting my skis black and carving poetry in them and doing weird stuff, covering up my logos. And when I did that, 
logos I didn't care about. I covered them up with duct tape and I wrote bird on there. And I saw, I noticed what the word bird did for people's imagination. Wow. Of course, some, some guys thought I put a name tag on myself that said bird. But the idea was to get away from that, you know, logo-oriented thing because I didn't care about the logo. Totally. And wrote bright bird on there. And I could see that it made people smile. So I was like, there's something with this word bird. You know? I love that. I and love why, that. And why not where? Like, where do you want to be bird-like? You know? I like it. I want, I want to be bird-like everywhere. <laughs> so, okay, so then another, like, little bit of a question with your name, Bird. Like, when you are, like, making a reservation and have to use your name, do you say bird? Do people ever, like, respond to that, like, bird? Are you serious? Or do people just go with it? I think it happened on accident. The first time I was in Iceland, I said uh, my name. We were at the airport and maybe quite hungover. And <laughs> I Maybe. was rafting up there uh, as a guide, and we were traveling across the country, so he didn't really need an ID, and I said my name was Bird Early. And when they called on the intercom with their, their nice little Icelandic accent, they were like, Early Bird, Early Bird. And I was like, ah, oh, that could be my name, Bird Early. That's really So awesome. now my Facebook's Bird Early, and I, you know, then it became Bird, and now I'm like stuck with this bird thing, even though I wanted to be Dolphin Boy. Maybe you could, like, segue into Dolphin Boy later? Yeah. Oh, it's not as good a noise as the cacao noise. I'm sorry. That was that I really appreciated the effort there, yeah. but I don't know. It didn't hit me quite uh, I work, I'll work on the Dolphin Boy. <laughs> okay. More squeak. I don't know. That's a tough, that's a tough um, noise to pull off. It does remind me of something else, too. So. Oh, yeah. Well, I wanted to – so you were just mentioning to me before we started this podcast, kind of you have a really unique story of how you grew up, and I want to hear it. Yeah, um, people talk, I guess it's a flash word oftentimes used now as this thing, community, because I think uh, in this day and age when we're all moving around, we're, we're a lot of, especially in skiing, where a lot of times we're alone and we're searching for a community out there and a lot of times on our, you know, on our devices, I guess, our phones and our community is our followers or our friends on Facebook and, and we don't have a lot of time to hang out with you know, physically with the community somewhere. And I was fortunate enough to grow up. My parents uh, moved away from California when I was one, and we um, found like-minded people. And we bought property up in the mountains at the end of this road in, in northeastern Washington, mm -hmm. the Meadow Valley. And, uh, and there was seven families. I had 23 brothers and sisters, basically. Oh, my gosh. So it was this, this spiritual kind of hippie commune. Wow. And, um, we lived in tents and then trailers. The trailer I lived in was, uh, we called it the Meadow Ghetto. And it the was at the top. <laughs> it was in the middle of this meadow, and it was metal, and it was a ghetto trailer. It was single wide. And my dad would go off flying, and, and my mom was stuck with three. Paragliding? Three, no, he would go off uh, flying planes. Oh, he flies planes. Yeah. Okay, cool. Yeah, yeah. And so he would take off and go out and make the ends meet. And my mom was raising three kids on the top of the hill in this single-wide trailer. And uh, fortunately, we had this community around us that yeah. everybody helped each other out. You know, I could go next door and get in the cupboard of the Wallaces, you know. And Jan was another one of my moms. And, totally. And the brothers and sisters I grew up with, I had you know, many older brothers. And it's probably why I'm still trying to prove myself because they're all older than me, you know. Have you ever seen the movie Captain Fantastic? 
Should I? Uh, well, it's a movie. It came out maybe two years ago, and it sounds like it could be a similar story to story oh, of your life. Cool. Um, maybe not exactly, but it's about a family that created basically a compound for themselves up in the mountains, and it appears to be uh, somewhere in the Pacific Northwest, and a totally alternative way to raising kids and having a family than most people do it in our day and age, which sounds like you were fortunate enough to have an experience like that. That sounds so cool. Yeah, and... Um, you know, now that I've been out and away and and I was living in, you know, Chamonix and, and other places and finally I've come back home. I'm back in the community I grew up in. The kids have come back and they're raising their kids. And now we have Christmas breakfast and there's over 100 people come of extended wow. family. And, and it's cool to have multiple generations. Plus, I'm coming back and skiing over the side of the hill where... I skied as a little kid and learned how to, well, basically roll down the hill. Not supposed um, to say the S word, but I still, I love the story. Oh, <laughs> sliding, sledding. See, it's harder to avoid than down, you thought. Sledding down the hill. I've totally forgot we were talking yeah. about. Um, yeah, but what a fortunate way to grow up and to be able to come back home and be so tied to a place that I know so well and and um, actually have a feeling for this. That's I magical. learned from uh, uh, um, a native guy that said that it takes five generations to be in touch of in touch with the place that you're walking around on okay and I got two generations so I'm like you know you can start to feel the place yeah. when you actually have spent the time you know and you it becomes a part of you and so I'm happy to be from a part of a place where it's actually a part of me that sounds amazing that sounds wild really cool come visit I know I will up up in Washington Northern and Cascades. we won't do that s word yeah, oh, we can do the S word. We just can't talk about it right now. Okay. Okay, so I have kind of another question. I want to know if you have any life hacks, like things that you do in daily life that make it better or easier or cooler or ways that you, like, go around something that, like, you could share with myself and the listeners of, like, ways maybe we could be more bird-like. Just come on. You're such a creative guy. I know there's something in there. Yeah, and it might be a little bit cliche, and I don't want to use the Y word, but um, you know, if I if I can take time for myself in the morning before the whole thing starts, you know, before I get on yeah. the social media or before I get on, you know, have the espresso. If I can squeeze the lemon, mm -hmm. this is the key, like a super key for me. If I can just squeeze that lemon, drink a half a lemon with water, okay, and that starts the positive motion, right, and then maybe just make the bed and stretch and breathe and think about the good things that I have and also visualize the things that I want to do. And it can be five minutes, you know, yeah. or even in, in a hotel room or wherever. But to start the day off that way, if I can do that, and I'm not saying I can do it every time, and it's funny that I actually will fight that inside my head, like, I don't need to do that, <laughs> even though it's five minutes and it makes the whole difference in my day. Totally. Um, if I can do that one thing, then most of the time I'm in much better flow for the day that I have. Yeah, that's really important. It's, it's funny because we, on the last episode when we talked to Anna Siegel, she talked about taking five minutes every morning to meditate and how that's kind of completely changed her life. Yeah, and, and it's, it's essentially in a, in a different way, uh, same principle as what you're saying, is just taking that time for yourself. Yeah, it's so easy to get, it's like the thing starts and then the speed goes and with my brain there's so many different ideas that can come in at once that if I don't take that time and kind of center yeah then all of a sudden I'll, I don't even know where my 
S-word sock <laughs> is. Totally. Or my long underwear. Yeah, you got to be able to find your long underwear. Um, <laughs> and then suddenly I'm coming back indoors three times when I tried to leave the house because I'm all over the place and I had no center point, no base, no foundation to start from for that day. Yeah. And then it's like much that. easier to go towards full wingspan. Yeah. Really take flight. Kaka. Okay, so another thing that I want to do that I, I, my goal is to do on this podcast with everybody is something called Two Highs and a Low. And I think it's a fun game. I like to play like every night around the dinner table. So I'm going to ask you. Just a minute. i got to take a sip of coffee. <laughs> so Two Highs and a Low. So I want you to tell me two highs of the last of your life and one low, and you can do it in any order. But I want you to tell me two highs and lows about like your life outside of skiing, riding, that kind of thing. Like more your personal like day-to-day life, all that kind of stuff. Two highs and a low. So any two highs. Any two highs and one low. I think the low is important because it sometimes puts perspective on the high or the low, or just good to acknowledge all things, keep balance, right? So like the highs and it can be anything. What's the first thing you're going to edit this, right? Nope. We're going. (laughs) People are getting Um, bird live. Oh yeah. Okay. Well, I'm not nervous. Unedited. Yeah. Um. Let's say highs. There's a high. I'll go with a high, low, high. Got that? it. I love that pattern. Yeah. Um, a high was, I think, finding myself alone in the mountains and in France and get myself down into a place where I was unsure and the fog was rolling in and... Uh, I kind of gave it up to everything where I was Mm -hmm. and that I was a part of everything and that things were going to be all right. And I got a sense of peace over me that I knew enough to get down out of there and that um, I was a part of everything and things were going to be all right. And suddenly I felt connected and there was this, like I was almost talking to the spirit of the mountain. And um, yeah, it kind of almost chokes me up, just that feeling of being... So connected and knowing that things were going to be all right, even though I could have gotten into the fear of being alone and this is dangerous and, you know, it could Well, that sounds like it could have been a low, but it was a high for you. Very, very high because yeah. I trusted where I was and, and also trusted just yourself. trusted myself, but also realized that I was a part of it and things were going to be okay. And when the energy started flowing that way, it was just, it was magical. And I came out of the mountains way late, missed the lift and ended up walking down through the forest and this, you know, the sun's going down and you could see town. And I was just like, I mean, I just, I was separate from everybody down there, but I was connected to everything and it was was just something else. Wow. Yeah. That's a good high. That was a very good high. Yeah. Um, not that you should be alone in the mountains all the time in crevasses no. with the fog rolling in, but this particular time worked out great, and, and it gave me a lot of um, confidence in myself. And It's important to have those times. I think it's very um, admirable to have the quality to take uh, maybe what feels like a weak moment and find so much empowerment in it. Yeah, really cool. oh yeah. Um, Do you have a low? I think a low, uh, the first thing that comes to mind was, is, was, uh, you know, every time I used to come back from Europe and, and Chamonix, it was like coming back from, um, the biggest rock, uh, trance, grateful dead concert you've ever <laughs> been to. 
And uh, because we'd go so big in the mountains and then in the town that um, I would come back and just be twitching and my nervous system would be shot. And, you know, in the middle 2000s, I came back and I, I really had, I was having a hard time finding my place and I couldn't commit to anything. And I was kind of partying and just trying to come down from coming back from such highs, you mm -hmm. know, and, uh, and I was almost in shock and depressed and found myself partying and decided to go out on this boat and... Um, and wakeboard, which I'll never do again. And uh, yeah, wakeboarding sucks. And um, I've water skied before quite quite a bit actually. And I was on this boat, and they had a pro like wakeboard, and I was all strapped in. And the guy said, "Hit it, you know, I can do this easy." And I'd never done it. And they went to pull me up, and and I fell onto my back, and I wanted to just muscle my way up, so I stuck oh, the ski down in. It swept underneath me, and it spiraled my femur. And so all of a sudden oh my, my femur spiraled. I wasn't supposed to be there in the first place. I was supposed to be taking care of what I needed to to get back home. And I just was prolonging that. I knew I wasn't supposed to be there, so I didn't listen to myself. And because of it, I spiraled this femur, and it was uh, like 2005, I think. So this and is like a life flow. Yeah, this was wow. a life flow, but it also grounded me in the fact that, okay, what do I really want? Yeah. Where am I now? Um, and what, where am I in the world? Where do I belong? Because I'd gone so far. My idea was to go so far that I didn't have any boundaries and I could go all the way out there. And, um, and then, you find and out then I found out that I actually need to be a part of something. I need to be from somewhere. I'm, I, I, need a, I need a base. And so it was, it, was, it was a real low, but it actually gave me grounding so that I could figure some shit out. Yeah. That's, oh, that sounds really painful. It was heavy duty. Oh my gosh! Yeah. <laughs> I was like, I was, I, I chipped my tooth wakeboarding one time, and I thought that was bad. But uh, yeah, that you can wake, no, spiral you your femur wakeboarding. <laughs> when oh you're supposed gosh. to let go of the rope, let, let go, go of the yeah. rope. That's like a life lesson too. It's an ego thing, you know. <laughs> it was an ego thing. I was like, I can be good at this too, or, or you know, I, I should be able to wakeboard, and these guys were all good at it, and I just. Hmm. Anyway, that was a low, and then... Do you have another high? To come right back out of that, the highest of high was shredding for Warren Miller. <laughs> oh, oh, you're breaking the rule, but yeah. I like it. I didn't say ski. <laughs> that's true. It's no, another S word that um, kind of means the same thing. I though. think another high is actually just uh, realizing that I have the ability, and it's a daily thing, and can be moment to moment, but I can create my own reality in front of me. Mm. Um, and because um, I went pro at forty, <laughs> I just when I just when I decide to do something because I decide to do it and I can visualize it and and I can feel that that thing inside that that I would like to happen for me, you know, and feel the the, the beauty that it brings and whether it's going out and connecting with somebody that day or whatever, but just to have a sense of knowing that I have a a positive power inside me and that I can give that out on a daily basis if that's my choice. Yeah. So if it's not going quite right, I need to change that. You're in the driver's seat. Click that switch and uh, make a change. And it's not always easy, but when you do have that and, and feel the love and feel the power, boy, boy, you can sure be connected with, you know, the people and the things you want to do out there. And so that's been a real high. And it seems like the, yeah. the more I understand and, and um, with this life, the, the more gratitude I find with that part of it is just being 
knowing that we're connected and knowing that we have this power to do these positive things out there and, and, and ultimately, you know, help touch other people's lives as well. Absolutely. I mean, I don't know you very well. We've only hung out like a handful of times, but I was thinking this and I was getting ready for this podcast. I feel like we're friends and we've maybe spent less than 10 hours together, like probably. And I think that that's really cool. This goal you have of sharing that gratitude and that vibe and that positivity and your bird life is it, it works because yeah. I feel it. Ah, that's great. And that's, now I have your phone number. I'm going to call you. I'm going to be having a down day where I need like an upper and I'm going to call you. So watch that's, out. <laughs> that's a huge, huge compliment because that's uh, it's, I first discovered this in uh, university and, and I thought quite a bit about it. I was studying philosophy and some other things and, and, um, and I thought about just in passing even, and I might've read something from the Dalai Lama or something was going on, but in passing, we can yeah. give off that little bit of energy that could change somebody's life in the, in the passing, totally. you know, just the smile or whatever it is, mm. or just the touch on the shoulder. And I started building off that and I didn't realize that I was building off it. But more recently in, in life, I realized that it's been my mission to try to be as connective as possible if I'm going to be out there. And if I don't feel good, I'll just hopefully be able to stay home because <laughs> then you'll see the dark bird, well, the, the dark side. And it's not always, it's not always uh, flowery and, you know, no. positive, you know, we all got our ups it's and not, downs. It's not for anybody, but I think it's important. Like you were just saying that to remember that you are in the driver's seat and you can yeah, make that exactly. change choice. I love it. Bird, to bring back so the long winded uh, answer of how high it can be. Yeah. We're Bird and I getting high here on the podcast. I just got I got super high. We're just, soaring. I was out with Forrest and we got on those freaking <laughs> boot scooting freaking uh, scooters. The scooters, yeah, the rental scooters. Oh my god, we cruise down by the river and you just put your little thing in there and all of a sudden you got an electric scooter and can cruise around the city. That's crazy. Keep Portland big city weird. life. We have we have some mountain kids in a big city, and oh my God. I'm excited this afternoon to go get on a scooter and scoot around the city before it's, the premiere. It's so damn beautiful out. Yeah, get some energy before we I go know. into that premiere because uh, boy, it's going to be one heck of a night, huh? I know it'll be really fun. Fun to celebrate, Warren. And we are already Thank flying you, through this podcast. I can't believe how quick time goes, <laughs> but. Um, Bird, I want to thank you for being here, being my second guest ever on the Long oh Underwear podcast. You were like, uh, I think you've been our first Zen master, Yoda, Bird <laughs> character, and I love it. Don't, 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 don't gonna, blow me up too much. I'm going to come back to this podcast for go, notes of like, okay, 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 <laughs> be positive. I'll probably go back into my hotel positive and then be like, oh my God, what do I got to do now? <laughs> no, no. But uh, yeah, where, if people want to keep following your adventure, where can they find you? Like maybe your Instagram? Uh, Instagram's good. Birdware, like where do you want to be? W H E R E. And um, say hello. And if uh, we're ever in the same nick of the woods, let's uh, go skiing. Okay. <laughs> I'll, let, I'll let it slide. That's at Birdware. And Bird, thank you so much for being on the podcast. This is Long Underwear. And uh, we'll see you tonight at the movie. Thank you, Amy. This podcast was brought to you by Warren Miller Entertainment, who you can follow on social media at Warren Miller ENT to keep the good times rolling. This episode was produced by me, Amy Ingerbutson, as well as Jesse Hackett and Jessica McGee from the Warren Miller team. Art is by Barclay Wyrock, and editing and mixing were done by Jason McDaniel, music from APM. If you liked this episode, be sure to like and subscribe. We'll catch you next time on Long Underwear. <laughs>